I want to talk to you today about love. It seems that in our society today, for many people, love has become just an optional part of relationship. So many people are just not committed. When I was married, we said vows, and perhaps your vows went like this. For as long as we both shall, how does that go? Anybody know? Live. You know what a lot of people are, are vowing today? For as long as we both shall love. Anticipating that love is short-term, temporary, that it's, going to, that it's going to fade. It's a painful thing to think that you could enter into a relationship with somebody, sacrifice for them, pour your life into them, love them, and then ex in exchange they would choose at some time just to, to, to no longer love you. Let me ask you this question today. Has your love for God faded? It's one thing for us to look at failed marriages in the world today and be critical of other people. But you know, I find that most of Scripture is calling us to look inward. Inward. Throughout the Bible, God uses marriage as a metaphor to describe his relationship with his people. In fact, even in the New Testament, the Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ. In the passage that we're looking at today in Jeremiah, as God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah, he confronted the people because their love for him had greatly faded. Jesus, as he was speaking to the seven churches in Revelation, listen to what he said to the church at Ephesus. He said, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. The church at Ephesus was at a point where their love for God had faded. And the Lord Jesus said that was the one thing that he had against them. You know that all the Christian life is about is love. God loves us, and he wants us to love him. And so as you look back across your life, if you can think of a time that you were more in love with God than you are today, then this message is for you. As we look at what God said to his people through Jeremiah, the same principles are true for us today, that God loves us and he wants us to love him. Jeremiah chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 1 through 3 today. I want to ask you, would you join me in standing as we read this together? The Bible says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord. I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride. How you followed me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the firstfruits of his harvest. All who ate of it incurred guilt. Disaster came upon them, declares the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, as you spoke to Israel, I pray that you speak to us today. Help us to examine our heart. Do the things 
that we did when we were most in love with you. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, when our love for the Lord fades, we need to listen uh, to a word from God. Isn't it amazing that God speaks to us? And God has, has always been speaking to us. The Bible begins here in verse 1, the word of the Lord came to me. That's Jeremiah speaking. The whole reason that God called Jeremiah was so that he could be his spokesperson to draw the nation of Israel back into relationship with him. Do you know what the Bible says about our role today? It says that we are ambassadors for Christ. God has been speaking since even creation. The Bible tells us about Adam and Eve that God created and Adam and Eve both sinned and rebelled against God. And one day, as, as God comes walking through the garden, as he apparently always did. And this time, instead of Adam and Eve running up to speak to him, they go and they hide in shame because of their sin. And so in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 9, listen to how it describes this. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? God is walking through the garden longing for fellowship with Adam and Eve. But yet when they hear him coming, they hide themselves from the presence of, of the Lord. Now, that's what sin does to us. It separates us from God. It'll lead us to a place of shame and guilt where we are fearful to come before God. But when we're at this place in our life, whether it's because we've drifted away or whether because we've stepped out in blatant rebellion, God still calls out to us. And just like he said to Adam that day, he said, where are you? And it wasn't because he didn't know where Adam was, and it wasn't because he couldn't find him. The question that God asked was to draw Adam to think and reflect and to come back to God. You see, whenever we, whenever we find that we've faded in our love for the Lord, he speaks to us if we'll listen. Remember Elijah? Elijah was that great Old Testament prophet, but he was, he was paralyzed with fear because of the wicked queen Jezebel. Elijah stood up to 400 prophets of Baal. He'd been faithful and bold, but then Jezebel promised that she would take his life. And Elijah went and he ran, and he hid in a cave. The man that God called to be his spokesperson to the nation. The man who was the Jeremiah of his day, instead of speaking to kings, he was hiding in a cave. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9, it says, There he came to a cave, and he lodged in it, talking about Elijah. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, Where, What are you doing here, Elijah? When Elijah was in this moment of Fear, living and hiding, God called out to him. So when we find ourselves fallen from where we once were, as the Lord 
describe the condition of Ephesus. When our love has faded, we need to look. We need to listen for a word from God. God still speaks to us today. Do you know that the Bible says that God speaks to all of us through creation? In Romans chapter 1, it talks about every person can look and can see what's been made. And that God has revealed himself through what has been made. So that when we walk out at night and we see the beautiful, beautiful sunset. And here in western Kentucky, we have some gorgeous sunsets, don't we? Sun doesn't look like that in Tennessee. There's, there's hills and mountains that, that block its view much sooner. But here in these flat lands, we, we get to see those beautiful orange and pink sky. And we see that beautiful palette. We know that there, there, there's got to be some kind of design. We look at the seasons and how they move and all the things that take place. And we realize there's so much order and beauty. There must have been someone responsible for this order and this beauty. One theologian said it this way. He said, if you're walking through the woods and all of a sudden you stumble upon a Rolex, you know one thing for sure, since there's a watch, there must be a watchmaker. It's true intricate to have evolved on its own. God speaks to us through creation. He also speaks to us through the Bible. We find ourselves struggling, wondering why we have drifted to where we have and how do we get back. We need to go and we need to read his word. You say, Pastor, where do we need to read? I don't know that it even matters. God can speak to us from Genesis to Revelation. Now, I've just discovered at different times in my life when I was struggling with something, I would go to a passage, and it, whether I selected at random or I was on a reading plan, I just was amazed at how God could speak to me about the very specific circumstances I was dealing with in my life. If we'll read the Bible with a desire to hear from God, God will speak to us. God speaks to us also through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit speaks to unbelievers to convict them, but the Holy Spirit speaks to believers to guide us and to direct us and to teach us. So the nation of Israel, that, that southern portion of the nation known as Judah, that's who Jeremiah was ministering to. Their love for God had greatly faded. And they were living in complete rebellion. They were serving other gods. They were doing all kinds of ungodly things. But instead of God washing his hands of them, he called a prophet to go and to speak to them. This is because God loves them. And God speaks to us today because he loves us. So when our love for God fades, we need to listen for a word from God. God will speak to us and he will draw us back. When our love for the Lord fades, we also need to remember from where we've fallen. In verse 2, this is the message that he had through the prophet Jeremiah. He said, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord. 
I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness in a land not shown. So God said to the nation of Israel, he said, I remember the devotion of your youth. And of course, he's not talking about a person, but he's talking about this whole, this whole nation and their history. It's his people collectively. But he says the devotion of their, their youth. I can't really think of a time when I saw someone get saved that they weren't excited about it. Do you remember when you were first saved? You came to understand and believe and trust Christ? It wasn't really a monotonous thing, was it? Well, it was a time of joy and it was a time of excitement. And in all these years, I've seen a lot of people come to faith in Christ. I just can never remember a time when somebody was truly saved that they weren't excited about it. But I can think of many, many, many people who later in their life no longer excited about being saved. No longer filled with the joy of the Christian life that God has called us to and gifted us with. No longer interested in the things of God. God said to the prophet Jeremiah, he said to the people in Jerusalem, he said, I remember the devotion of your youth. When we find that we have drifted from God, faded in our love for Him, one of the things we need to do is we need to remember from where we've fallen. We need to think back on our Christian life and think, was there, was there a time that I was more devoted to the Lord than I am today? And if so, how do I get back there? And the first way that we get back there is by listening to God. He'll draw us in and speak to us if we'll listen to him. When I was a young Christian, I can remember many times being deeply devoted in service to the Lord. And it's these memories that give us strength to persist and to carry on in the service that God calls us to. Have you ever been discouraged in your Christian life? Have you ever been maybe discouraged about church? You know, the, the greatest difficulty that I found about church, there's other people in it. Isn't that true? That's the greatest difficulty about church. And it's easy for us to get discouraged because none of us have yet fully receive what God has in store for us. We are all still a work in progress. So I can name times that people have said things to me they should have never said and done things to me that they should have never done. But if I'm honest with myself, I can think of times that I've said things that I should have never said and done things that I should have never done, right? Perhaps that's why the Bible says in the New Testament about the church that we're to, we're to bear with one another 
And so when we find ourselves discouraged and frustrated, what is it that, that moves us to truly be excited about something that, for many reasons, is not as exciting as it once was? Well, one, we look back and we remember the devotion of our youth. And that's the youth of your salvation, not the youth of your physical life if you were saved at 40 that might be the youth of your salvation when we came to know God and we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and we were committed to him with all of our heart we remember you see God's desire for us is to love him he says to the nation of Israel he says I remember the devotion of your youth your love as a bride this is an image of marriage. It didn't come from me. This is God's image. He uses it to describe his people all throughout the Bible, that we are his bride. He says, I remember your love as a bride. For all of us, the Christian faith is a journey in which we're trying to discover who God is and where our place is and, and what we're to do. There's part, part of both the excitement and the frustration of being a new Christian is trying to figure out what to do. We read different Bible verses. We don't know how to apply them. We're trying to sort it all out. And as we begin to, to try to sort all this out and figure out what does it really mean for me to be a Christian? What does it really mean for me to, to be on fire for God and just have a love and passion for Him? As we try to sort all this out, I think we, I hope that you've learned that it's all about love it's all about love Jesus Jesus would sum up the entire law the entire Old Testament law this way love God love people that's what he said he said love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself he said the entire Old Testament law depended on these two things, love. There is no substitute for loving God. We can't give more money to make up for a lack of devotion. We can't serve extra over here as a substitute for obedience to what God is calling us to over there. There is no substitute in the Christian life for love. Everything is about love. God wants us to love Him. This love, it manifests itself in a, one way in obedience. The Bible says here, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, and listen to this, how you followed me in the wilderness in a land not shown. Well, we think about the Old Testament Israel in the wilderness and that, that adult generation, they certainly had their issues and problems. In fact, God was so frustrated with them, he let them wander for 40 years until they all died off. But then there was that next generation that came along and they followed Joshua. They weren't perfect. Sometimes they needed to be gotten back in line. Remember when they were 
toying with the idea of Baal worship. And Joshua stood before them. And Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And they listened to Joshua. And the Lord describes this time. He says, how you followed me. God wants us to be obedient. Obedient. There's not many of us that really like obedience, is there? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, not, not many of us. We all have a sinful nature that one of the way it manifests itself is pride and, and independence. And few of us like to be given orders or be directed or told what to do. We, we do little things just to try to, to rebel in some way and be our own person. And God is not trying to stifle every bit of our identity and our creativity. But he is calling us to be obedient. You see, he is the creator and we are the creation. And that's why he has the power, the authority, and the right to direct our lives. And as we follow him, there's no substitute for obedience. The first king of Israel, his name was Saul. And Saul had a lot of problems, but he greatly displeased God. And on one occasion, the prophet who was ministering to Saul, his name was Samuel. Samuel came upon Saul who had offered a sacrifice. He went in to a village. God told him, don't take anything. But he took all the livestock and he brought them back. The army was there, the battle was over, and the prophet, Samuel, was not there. The troops began to disperse, and Saul was losing his platform for this big ceremony. And so he decided that he would offer the sacrifice himself. And as he does, the prophet Samuel comes up, and he says, Saul, what have you done? And Saul says, well, I did exactly what the Lord told me to do. And Samuel says, then, then what is this bleating in my ears? Talking about hearing the sound of the sheep. And Saul says, oh, I just saved only the best, only so we could sacrifice it to the Lord. Offering a sacrifice that he was never intended to give. And Saul, who was not a priest, was not even supposed to be giving a sacrifice. And here's what Samuel says to him. 1 Samuel 15, 22. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. God said to the prophet Jeremiah, to the nation of Israel, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness in a land not sown. God's, God's people had earlier had seasons of devotion. But now by Jeremiah's day, this has become a constant drought. And so God is calling them to look back and to remember an earlier time when they were faithful and they were in love with him. 
So when our love for the Lord fades, we need to remember from where we have fallen. There's a third thing that I want us to see as we look at this last verse, verse 3. When our love for the Lord fades, we need to realize. We need to realize how he loves us. The Bible says in verse 3, Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who ate of it incurred guilt. Disaster came upon them, declares the Lord. The Bible says here that Israel was holy to the Lord. Holy is used in two senses in the Bible. One means to have a level of moral purity, but the other means to be set apart for God's purposes. And God had set Israel apart as his people. He had set them not because of what they had done for him, but because of how much he loved them. The Bible says that you and I are ambassadors for Christ. I don't know if we've got any ambitious people among us here today or not, but perhaps there was a time in your life when you really want to do something significant or important Maybe as a young person, you dreamed of being famous or wealthy. Uh, maybe somebody here had political aspirations, or you thought someday you'd be the CEO of a major company. I don't know what you might have ever aspired to in your life, but I want you to understand this. There is no greater or higher calling than to be an ambassador for Christ. Nothing is more important than this role that God has called us to and that he has set us apart many people have pointed out that God could have called angels to this task but he did not he called us Israel was holy to the Lord and friend God's people today are holy to the Lord the Bible says that Israel was the first fruits of the harvest they weren't the entire harvest. They were just the first fruits of the harvest. Many people have mistakenly thought that God's plan was to save Israel. And then when they rejected the Messiah, he went to plan B and decided, oh, we'll let some Gentiles in. But this is not the case at all. In the Old Testament, through the prophet Isaiah, listen to what the Lord said to Israel. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people. And listen to this. A light for the nations. A light for the nations. God was not calling Israel to be the only people saved. He was calling them to be saved and then be a light to others to bring them in. That's why he says here that they are the, they are the first fruits of the harvest. And they, they lived under the protection of God. It says, Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who ate of it incurred guilt. Disaster came upon them, declares the Lord. There were times when God would use foreign nations to get Israel's attention. But no foreign nation ever did anything without the permission of 
of God. When we find that our love for the Lord has faded, we need to realize how much He loves us. Just as God loved Israel, He loves you. The Bible says, For God so loved the world. That word so emphasizes the extent of God's love. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When we find that our love for him has faded, we need to stop and think about how much he loves us. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you love us. Lord, help us to love you back. Father, I pray for every person present. If there's anybody here that's never received your gift of forgiveness, I pray that today they'll pray and ask for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, for those of us that are your people, help us to constantly examine our life, to be honest with ourselves. And Lord, when our love fades, may we come back in repentance. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.